Thursday. Thanks for tuning in here today on the Steve Day Show podcast on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well. And we would love it if you would join us, steve at stevedace.com. That's the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And speaking of CRTV, we just wrapped up production for today's television show. Aaron, give the audience a preview of what's coming up today at CRTV.com. Uh, today, uh, our CR Roundtable. It uh, it relates back in a kind of a, well, really a direct way to what we open up the show with. And um, we cover a story, Chris Pandolfo was on, we cover a story that really has not gotten the attention that it deserves. Uh, but with um, with what's on the top of everybody uh, everybody's mind right now with guns, uh, it is uh, it is a conversation that is pretty depressing, but needs to be had. Todd, I suggest uh, everybody uh, who hasn't watched watch that dystopian CNN roundtable and ask yourself why aren't I more like Dana Lash? Hmm. Um, Especially the guys. Why does she have a bigger <laughs> set than you? Why? It turns out Ballsy is just a fluid construct. Yes. After all. Yes. CRTV.com promo code DACE is how you can watch today's television show. If you're a subscriber to CRTV, if you're not, use my name as a promo code when you go there. And you'll get activated right away with a discounted subscription that'll give you access to not just my show, but all of the shows we do each day at CRTV, including the great one, Mark Levin, and more. And yes, you have a free trial period. So if you try us for a while and you're like, yeah, this isn't my thing, you can cancel before that trial period expires and you won't be charged a dime. We also have monthly subscription options as well. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And if you haven't yet done so, please consider subscribing via iTunes or Stitcher to our Westwood One podcast here, leaving us a positive review that definitely helps us to get more promotion and to get the word out about this podcast. And as always, we want to thank those of you that already are subscribing and have left us a good reviews. We greatly appreciate you. It is a Theology Thursday podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about an aberrant theology, a rival theology, because we have seen it emerge with a vengeance the last few days in America. And one of its tried and true tactics we as conservatives are facing at the moment And that is the politicization of children. And I I got into this conversation with a good buddy of mine, Randy Corcoran, who's a a great conservative activist in Denver, host a radio show up there. And he had me on his show and we got to talking about 
using these children that were witnesses to and victims of the worst school shooting in American history last week, using them to further a political narrative. And after the conversation he and I had, I thought, you know what? And, and that, that cycle was just beginning when him and I had that talk. It has now become, a, it, it, it's, as you like to say, Todd, it's been dialed up to 11 since Randy and I had that conversation on KNUS in Denver the other day. To say the least. And so I, I, I got to thinking after he and I had that conversation, I, I think what him and I discussed needs a broader audience of our people to hear just beyond two buddies talking on his station, albeit one of the biggest talk stations in the country, but it's just one market, okay? Do not be surprised to see the politicization of children. In fact, you're going to see a lot more of this. A lot more of this. And the reason why is the worldview This is a statist worldview. And throughout history, every statist worldview, regardless of the form or ideology it has hooked its its latches onto. Because I'm I'm not going to talk today about leftists or progressives or liberals. I'm going to talk about statists. Because there have been right-wingers throughout history that have embraced statism as well, that have also used this tactic there's been times in the church's history that it has embraced statism and sent children off to crusades statism is something that is a myopia an infection that can infest any worldview if we're not careful why because another word for statism is an old fashioned stained glass window word we don't use anymore Although we're trying to bring the sexy back on our show, we've been using it more and more, more and more. And that word is idolatry. Statism is idolatry of the state. What is idolatry? The the forming or fashioning of anything originating from this world as your God, as your determiner of right and wrong, as the plumbline. Yeah, yes, it, it, the source of your of your ethic. Yes. Where only God and his revealed word are intended to be. In any statist worldview, children are politicized. This has happened in every statist worldview. Now, what do I mean by a statist worldview? I I mean any system that believes empowering or elevating the state to be the ultimate arbiter, determiner of right and wrong, legal, illegal, our solution to problems, etc. That results in the oppressing of individual liberty. That last part there is key. Because if, if you have a Judeo-Christian worldview, you're not an anarchist either. See, old, this has been attributed to numerous founding fathers, but I believe it originated with William Penn. If men were angels, they wouldn't need government, right? So we're not anarchists. There is a time and a place that the state 
is a solution. When the Japs bombed Pearl Harbor, the state was the solution, guys. See where I'm going here? All right. But when the state responds as the solution in a way that oppresses individual liberty, like we go beyond defending our borders to taking people who look like the ones that invaded us and putting them in internment camps. That's a form of statism. There is a time the state is the solution. When we, when we take an illegal alien who killed a bunch of cops into a courtroom, that court is an agency of the what? State. The state. That judge who's presiding over that criminal proceeding, who will mete out justice, he is an agent of the what? State. And, there, and can we get justice for those cops without the state? Not in this world. Not in this world. So therefore, in this situation I just laid out, which is going on right now, by the way, that's why I took that rip from the headlines. Is the state the solution? Yeah. Yes. But when the state goes from, when its solutions oppresses its own people, that's statism. And so that's, that's the key, because we're not anarchists. Limited government is what we believe in with the Judeo-Christian worldview. Does limited mean no government? No. What does limited mean? Limited. Limited. That's what, yeah, that's what it means. It doesn't mean no, non, without. It means limited. Limited to what? That which doesn't oppress its own citizens. That's what it's limited to. That's why they passed this constitution. There's 18 enumerated rights in there. I'm sorry, 18 enumerated powers of the government in there. Ooh, I almost made a mistake big time there. 18 enumerated powers of the government in there. And then when they got done, they thought, you know, just in case government decides it doesn't want to stick within the jurisdictions we've already given it, the 18, we're going to amend this constitution 10 more times to clearly enumerate the rights every citizen has to not see those 18 enumerated powers executed in a way that oppresses their individual liberty. And that's why we call it the Bill of Rights. So government in our way of life, in our worldview, is limited to that which doesn't oppress individual liberty. Well, Steve, what if my liberty causes me to do that which God says is wrong? Well, it depends. If you use your liberty to do that which God says is wrong, and by doing that, meaning God says it's wrong to blaspheme his name. If you're working on a job site and you bang your thumb with a hammer and you take his name in vain, have you committed a sin? Have you done what that which God says is wrong? Yes. But have you done so in a way that deters from the liberty of your fellow human being? No. Therefore, one is strictly the jurisdiction of God between God and your conscience. The other, when it comes down to how you relate to your fellow man, that is the jurisdiction of the state. So when I decide that my liberty is to kill this child growing within me, 
you have infringed on the liberty of another. God said that you cannot do that. So it's not just that God says it's murder. The state says you're infringing on the individual liberty of a fellow person. Well, at least that's what the state should say, but it doesn't. But you get where I'm going with this, okay? So I think that's a key phrase there. When the state is empowered or elevated to become the ultimate source of power that results in the oppressing of individual liberty, that is statism. Now, those of us who believe in individual liberty, we should not be surprised to see children being politicized right now. And oh, by the way, they are being politicized by the very same people whom, if their mothers were pregnant with all of those children at that high school, and every last one of them walked into a Planned Parenthood and executed every one of those children, would those children be politicized right now? They're, no, because they're clumps of cells. That's right. Which gets to the motivation here, doesn't it? In a statist worldview, children are not the procreative blessing of a mother and father. They are assets. Remember the gal who used to work at MSNBC? You guys act like your children belong to you. They belong to the state. Remember that a couple years ago? Oh, yes. In a statist worldview, children are not the procreative blessing of their parents. They are assets for the state to hone, to harness for statist aims, to serve the state. This is effectively the statist's youth ministry. How it will pass on its statist worldview to the next generation. Great example of this is an animal farm. When Napoleon the pig, battling his rival, Snowball, Snowball is Trotsky. Napoleon is Stalin. They are vying for control of the animal farm after Old Major, who is Lenin, dies. One of the tactics that, that Napoleon takes, he takes these cute baby pumpies, Doberman pinchers, and he takes them away when they're young and they're adorable so that he can condition, I'm sorry, uh, educate them. And when they are fully grown, he brings them back now as rabid dogs. They are, they are Orwell's metaphor for the secret police, the KGB, the youth, the youth movement. He brings them back and they are his enforcement mechanism to drive all challengers away and suppress all rebellion. This happens in every statist worldview. Everyone, right wing or left wing, children will be politicized because they are now assets of the state. Now here's where we come in. We are going to be tempted and some of us have already failed this test this week. We will be tempted to argue with these children. As the great prophet Admiral Akbar once said, it's a trap. Don't do that. Avoid it at all costs. You go back to the 2016 Republican primary. Every time the issue of immigration came up, Marco Rubio lost. It didn't matter what he said. It didn't, ma- it didn't matter if you even liked his answer. 
Because every time the issue came up, you were reminded of him betraying you on the Gang of Eight. And so the argument was lost by having it. We had something like that with the natural born citizen thing with the Cruz campaign. The reason why Trump kept bringing it up is because there's a certain crazed element in our own base that was obsessed with the story and would get us off our message. And so there was like no explanation we could provide, no comeback. We were just better off not having the conversation. The conversation itself was a loser. Even that one time in Iowa when Cruz turned it around on Trump and embarrassed him, remember that, the, the mm-hmm. debate for the caucuses? Still, every time Trump would bring it up after that, and I would scream on conference calls, stop, don't, don't, don't address it, pretend it doesn't happen. We cannot confront this issue. It's a losing argument by having it. Um, this is the same approach with these children. It is the worst tactic to argue with them, to try and stop them from speaking out, to say things like, you know, adults wouldn't tolerate that. These are bratty kids. Because, you know, um, when, our, when the kids with our value system, when they go out there and um, meet me at the poll every May, what would we say if some progressive superintendent said, you can't speak out? In fact, when they've tried that, what have we done? Hey, they have rights to speak. Have we not done that? Yeah. Yeah. See, they're trying to trap us. Statists will use indoctrinated children as props. When their typical talking points slash propaganda has either run its course or it is no longer effective. They have not been able to get any movement on going after your gun rights in 25 years. There's been no real movement on this issue. Not even after Newtown, Sandy Hook, that massacre. They had the Toomey Mansion bill. It died. Not even Obama could bring it home. Since the Brady Bill, there's been no substantive infringement on your Second Amendment freedoms. All their talking points, all their propaganda on the other side, it's all failed. That's why they're reduced to mocking prayer. They, they, all, it, it's, it, they can't move on this issue. They're stymied. So now, whenever statists are stymied, whenever their typical talking points... The reliable propaganda is no longer heard, listened to, or has run its course, and it's ignored. Now will come the politicization of the children. Because children are emotional agate prop. That's a term out of the Marxist playbook, but it's a tactic that goes back far earlier than Marx and Engels. Children are substituted as emotional agate prop. Why? Because what do children symbolize? Innocence. Hope. So if you're arguing with children, what are you arguing against? Hope. Hope and innocence. How, how successful are you likely to be arguing against innocence? Hope. <laughs> Not very. Therefore, you lose the argument, folks, just by having it. Even when you're factually right, intellectually correct, the fact you had the argument at all, the visual, the audio, the viral of you arguing with a poor, innocent, suffering, mourning child is devastating.
the backlash against you creates sympathy for the statist cause that previously did not exist. It had been rejected or it had stalled. But now the sympathy out of the backlash of you arguing with children gives it a second wind, resurrects it. So what's the solution here? Many of you won't like it. Just let the children have their say. Especially when they're mourning. Rather than arguing with them or trying to silence them, it'll eventually run its course. You know, if you're a parent, sometimes your kid has a stomach bug or something, there's no antibiotic for, man. And what does it mean? Hunker down. You know, just wait until it's run its course through the body. Don't, you're not going to sit there and yell at them, scream at them, drug them. There's nothing can be done. So just sit there and bear with them and love on them. Because there's literally nothing those children are going to say. Nothing. On their own. That will change anything, substantively. Nothing. But the opposition to those children, the backlash to the opposition to those children, oh, you bet that could change some things. You bet. Because a lot of adults, even in our declining state as a culture, understand you don't turn over the future of your country to teenagers. Hell, most Americans don't want to turn the future of the country over to grown men Aaron's age, let alone 16-year-olds. Okay, we're already scared to death enough of the millennials. <laughs> most Americans don't want 16-year-olds making their life choices, guys. Okay? But if they see you doing your best Dinesh D'Souza, well, this is the roughest day these kids have had since the last time their parents grounded them. Or what was he said? I can't remember what it was. A bunch of kids that literally just saw a bunch of their classmates get shot up. Yeah, that's, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that reaction. To use it against you. To create sympathy for their cause where it previously did not exist or it had run its course and was no longer effective. The children are not your opposition. Do not argue with them. Those politicizing the children are your opposition. And by politicizing children, they are showing you they are not interested in a legitimate conversation. Now, let me tell you what politicizing children is or isn't. Letting the children who witnessed such a horrendous event, who have experienced it, letting them speak at what they've seen, what they've suffered, whether you like what they have to say or not, is not politicizing children, okay? That's not politicizing children. You may not like the politics or the views the children are, are expressing, but that is not the politicizing of children. The politicizing of children is when they have clearly been indoctrinated into certain talking points and are set up to use you and manipulate you as a symbol of dread. Like what happened last night with the young man who looked at Marco Rubio and said, every time I look at you, I see you shooting me with an AR-15. 
We have gone beyond now. This is a brokenhearted young man at what he, he has seen a level of suffering. 99% of Americans because of how blessed our country is will never have to endure. He's witnessed it before he's an adult. No, we've gone beyond that now. Beyond that. Now he is a political instrument. He's agate prop. That's where the line crosses. See where I'm going with this? Yeah. So the children having a political viewpoint you don't like doesn't mean they've been harmfully politicized. Sometimes people just don't agree with you. When the children use the political viewpoint that you don't like to then dehumanize you, when they are the instruments of dehumanizing us and our viewpoints, that's... That is when they have been politicized. A child standing outside a school while they're hauling body bags away, screaming into a camera. Why did you let this guy get a gun? Why weren't these guns banned? That child's not your opponent. They're broken. You may not agree with what they're saying. I don't know how you could not empathize with it, though. But when, a, when several days later they are put on national television and allowed in front of millions of people to look at a United States senator who didn't have to be there and chose to go to hear his constituents, knowing it would be hostile. And that child is allowed in that forum to beyond disrespect him in his political office, but as an adult and dehumanize him the way that young man did to Marco Rubio last night, that, that's the statism I'm talking about right there. That's when you're in brown shirt territory now. Thank you for saying that. Okay? That's the line. When the children are allowed to dehumanize opposing viewpoints, that is when they have been politicized. Not when they express opposing viewpoints. Does everybody understand the distinction I'm drawing here? Yep. This is a very important one. Because you want to create a whole little culture of rebels? Don't let them express their opposing viewpoint. How come Barack Obama was the best gun salesman in American history? What did you think was going to happen when he was president? He was going to take him away. What's happened to gun sales since Trump became president? Gone down. They've gone way down. Why? You don't think he's going to take him away? Now they're likely to go back up this week. But you see my point? Man, you want to you wanna create a black market for something? You want to create a boom market for something? Look like you're banning it. People go nuts for that stuff. So if you want to take an entire... You want, you, if, you think, if you think the next generation threatens your freedoms now, tell them they can't speak out. Oh, gosh. Pray the Lord takes you all home before you're 50 now. Because you just did more for the leftist cause than they could have ever done on their own. Even the king of the universe doesn't compel you all the time to do his bidding, but gives you freedom to make choices. Even bad ones. And then makes you suffer the consequences for them. So if some notion of freedom is good enough for the sovereign of the universe, if he's willing to tolerate some form of human error, and he's the most powerful being in the universe, we should as well. You know what the best antidote to tyranny is? Freedom. And the, and the suffering of consequences of the freedom to make poor choices that goes along with it. That's a deterrent. One of those young girls right now screaming into the camera, take the guns away, 
heaven forbid she ever find herself in a position where a boy in her dorm room doesn't want to leave or in her apartment doesn't want to go and she can't defend herself. Heaven forbid that happens to her, but she might change her position on this issue if it did. But you want her to dig in her heels? Never hear your argument? Tell her she can't talk. And it's real hard to say, hey, we're the people for freedom in the Constitution when we say to these kids, if you're going to say an opinion we don't like, you can't speak. Self-awareness much? Don't do that. That's why statism, guys, isn't leftist, it isn't progressive, it isn't liberal. It's been a right-wing phenomenon through human history every bit as much as a left-wing one. In fact, if you're the one making that argument from the right, you're a statist too. You want the state to say to these young people, they're not allowed to express their mourning or conscience despite an unspeakable tragedy they've just witnessed and endured. Where is the freedom and liberty in that? God gives us the freedom when we lose loved ones, when we wake up and our sons commit suicide and we don't know why. He gives us the freedom in mourning and hate and anger to shake our fist at him and say, how could you have allowed this to happen? He doesn't smite us with lightning, seal our mouths shut and say, how dare you express a contrarian opinion? No, you want to you want to recruit for the leftist better than they could ever recruit for themselves? Go down that road. You'll swell their ranks overnight. That being said, when the children are allowed to dehumanize the opponents of the state, like what they allowed that child to do to Rubio last night? No. But understand, that child was put there with the intent of either embarrassing Rubio like that or forcing him into an argument that he could not win. And Marco chose, in this case, the real lesser of two evils. Stand there and take it. If he had argued with that child as bad as the headlines and the memes are for him today in the social media world, what do you think they would have been if he had argued with him, even if he was right? Devastated. How dare you argue with a victim? A survivor. The children are not your opposition. The adults putting them up to it are. I've said a lot of kind things about Jake Tapper. I'm about to say something not kind. Thank you again. Instead of railing against that young boy, railing against Marco Rubio in an emotional fit, Our ire should be directed at Jake Tapper, who's the freaking adult on that stage, or at least purports to be. And he should have stood up and said, hey, we know you're heartbroken. I even share your views on guns. But let's be respectful of the senator. He didn't have to be here. He accepted our invitation. He's taken on a hostile audience. He wants to hear your concerns. And he deserves to be treated with his viewpoint every bit as humanly as you, young man, deserve to be heard with yours. That's your issue right there, that Jake Tapper did not do that. It's never the children. It's always the adults. How far will the adults allow the children to go? That's the issue. 
The issue isn't, why do children push the envelope? The issue is, why didn't the adults seal the envelope? When the adults say, nope, can't go there. That's not how we play here. This is not the adult world. Because it is the adult world now. Well, and that's your issue. Then take on the adults that are responsible for it. If you fight the children, they will win the argument every time. That's why the child is there as a symbol. Would you rather argue with a media hack most of Americans loathe or a symbol of innocence and hope? What would you rather have an argument with, Todd? The hack. Yeah. A little bit like, you know, would you rather would you rather line up in 22 personnel and run the ball on first and 10 against Ryder? Or would you rather do that against Alabama? What would you rather do, Todd? <laughs> Ryder. Ryder? Yeah, so would I. Um, would you rather walk up to the hottest movie star in America and ask her out with a six-pack abs or my abs? Which, which would you rather have, Todd? Six-pack abs? Yeah, you see where I'm going with this? Choose wisely here, guys. Choose wisely. Think of all the terrible things and stupid things Dinesh D'Souza said the last couple of years trying to audition as a Trump shill. What gets him per- permanently banned from CPAC? An organization. Last year, we were sitting here talking about a pederast being CPAC's keynote speaker. Yep. Dinesh D'Souza has been permanently banned from CPAC because he argued with these children. That's my point. It's radioactive. It's a down power line. When you come to a down power line in the road, don't get out of the car. Don't walk up to it and say, it's sparkly. What is this? Maybe I can fix it. No. Go around. Drive away. Don't touch it. Nothing good happens. It's a trap. The children are a trap. Gosh, can you just, oh, so, oh, the pro-family crowd doesn't want to hear children who've been hurting after a gun massacre. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here are those pro-lifers again, only caring about the kids before they're born. After they're born, though, if they dare say there's too many guns in America, then then you guys just hate those children. Are you done falling for bananas in the tailpipe yet? Are we done with this yet? I can't believe I'm even doing this podcast. How many more clenched fists are the progressives going to hold into our into, into thin air that we're just going to walk face first into? Is I got this. I got this. Again, again, again. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Stay away. The argument is with the adults. In fact, as well as she performed the other night, if I was a media consultant for Marco Rubio or Dana Lash, I'd have told him not to go to that. The potential of any good that could come out on their behalf was not worth the risk of being used as agate prop to argue with children. Don't argue with children. You'll lose. Your opponents are the adults that are using them to dehumanize you. 
final thoughts here on a Theology Thursday, and we got plenty of time left, so you guys take as much time as you would like to share what you think. Aaron, I'll start with you. Yeah, what, what happens when you start to argue with kids is that people who would normally maybe be with you or maybe just kind of trying to be playing Switzerland, trying to stay out, trying to be neutral, they're not necessarily going to agree with the children. What they are going to say is, make it stop. Yes. That's exactly right, Aaron. Because they don't, I, I don't, I don't, I, I want to believe that everybody cares about this, cares deeply about all of the issues, all of the children, has a great deal of empathy. But we've all, but, but what you're doing is following up what what it comes off of, I mean, everything in politics and everything is media is not about what's actually being communicated, but what the message uh, that's being received is. And that's why we have to be so careful with all of our communications, but especially this. What's, what's being communicated is you're following up a, a breathtaking <laughs> tragedy with douchery. Mm-hmm. And people don't like that. You know what? I could have just saved us all 25 minutes and just had you do the last 90 seconds and called it a day. You yeah. just nailed it, dude. Yeah, because uh, that's, that's, the, that's the way the vast majority of people in our country will respond to it. They're not going to think about it at a level of these are our constitutional rights or that's being on it. No. We just had 17 people being killed. This is not just and you're being a douchebag. I don't care if they take away all the guns. Just make this stop. Yep. That's right. That That's cash money, homie. You know what? Next time, I'm just going to go to Aaron. Here's what I'm thinking about talking about. And can we do three-minute podcasts? We can find out. <laughs> you just essentially summed up everything I just said. Um, Aaron, or I'm sorry, Todd, your thoughts. There is a great scene in the movie We Were Soldiers. Mel Gibson, Vietnam War. And it's at the end of that brutal film when, after all the carnage, uh, uh, Mel Gibson has to declare the broken arrow, that the fight has to go off. And the cinematography is just utterly genius. It, 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 It pivots around... Uh, Mel Gibson the camera just swirls around him as he looks in every direction and so you follow his eyes as and 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 he takes the step off he declares it and he's the last boots off the ground uh leaving he's assessed the situation his will is to fight as long as hard as he can and he at that moment realized it can't be done in this culture with forget the shooting for a second the level of social media-driven, look-at-me, attention-seeking that just exists and is baked into the cake. When this happens and microphones are put in front of these kids, there's going to be drama. Mm-hmm. Some's going to be good. Some is going to be bad. It's, it's going to happen. And you have to assess the situation as the grown-up in the room, like Mel Gibson, and just realize how broken this is going to be for a while. Now, that's with just the normal reporter coming up to you and interviewing these kids and asking basic questions. That's that. 
But I, for the most part, while there's been bad reactions, as you said, like Dinesh D'Souza, a lot of the people clearly recognize the moment, and that's encouraging, that what happened yesterday was not that. What happened yesterday is turning those kids into the equivalent of those red-clad girls cheer from North Korea who came and skated at the Olympics. You turned them in to that. Mm-hmm. And just because of the pain and suffering it's uh, of that these kids are going through it it doesn't we never in, in in therapy you allow that place for kids to say things out loud that are ridiculous and insane you let them get it out you let them hear the their own voice empowered not by the content which ultimately needs to be dealt with but the fact that they get to say it at all finally that has to happen but the adults in the room must not continue uh, to explain the voice away once it is used in such a fashion. And that's why I said thank you uh, for what Steve said about Jake Tapper. In in most respects, and the bar is very low, he has been the grown-up in the room. But uh, Jake Tapper, if he was the grown-up in the room, should have said, I, I ain't hosting that. That This is garbage. This is This is terrible. Having a going up uh, and interviewing kids afterwards, um, and perhaps sitting with their parents—that's one thing. Anytime you put them up as a prop, you put six kids up there in some sort of panel. Um, Grown-ups in the room everywhere said that this is wrong. It's utterly wrong. And now we've crossed that point. That's why we also need to have patience. This was going to be bad for a while, and you had to let it happen. But you also knew in this culture that it was good. You were going to get the overreach. The opportunity was going to be there to to step up and say, "Okay," and you wouldn't be looked at as a jerk anymore. That moment came. We can count at that. And as Steve said, we're not. We. I don't think. I think he kept his promise. I think it was all statism. He didn't use leftists uh, after that caveat in the first five minutes. But. Um, leftists ultimately then instead of help made it about helping the kids made it about helping their own cause and that's why today we can have the conversation like we did about somebody like dana lash who uh, despite the ice you would uh, advice you would have offered her was just damn heroic yesterday my goodness i'll go to war in a dark alley with her anytime well said on both fronts and Aaron once more proves that I talk too much. <laughs> that was the me- see that was uh, you proved my point. It's not about the the words that you're communicating. It's the message that was received, and you received the message that I wasn't trying to communicate. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I'm gonna go with because my ego is pretty bruised right now. I'm gonna go with I explained this so well that I made it easy for you to just kind of boil it down from there. I'm going with that. Yeah. Is that okay? Can I do that? Yeah, that's good. Otherwise, I'm going home and having some Tide Pods. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast here on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. Don't forget to catch our show on CRTV a little bit later on today. Promo code DACE if you're not yet a subscriber. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Tomorrow's podcast, a little feedback Friday. Until then, John 317.
is Steve Dace. I like you. 